Kwame seeing my shorts again. Why? Because he said that uh, he was like... <laughs> Can you turn my headphones down a bit? He reprimanded me on Wednesday for wearing dad <laughs> shorts. What? Yeah, he was Th- like, these get are, a new... These are considered dad shorts? Yeah, you yeah. Get... No, they're not. They're not cargo. There's no, no, po- there's no pockets no. on the side except... I feel like cargo shorts are dad shorts. Yeah. Like, and I... Have you seen my shorts? No, I'm, let's see your I'm, shorts. I'm wearing like my short shorts. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool shorts. Th- those are... Stand up. Okay. They go down top of knee. Are they above the knee? Uh, I'd then say you're, they, then you're fine. they kiss the top of the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have ones that go longer. You, you want to see dad shorts. The, yeah. the other shorts I've been wearing. I'm like off mic right <laughs> yeah. now. The other shorts I've been wearing this week, they go below my knee. Yeah. And not only that, but they have like strings that hang lower than that. <laughs> nice. Those are dad shorts. Yeah. Anything like, uh, yeah, anything that looks kind of like. like I, I feel naked wearing these. Anything that looks like skorts. Like you can't tell if it's a skirt. <laughs> or shorts like those are dad shorts and cargo pants. Look, I don't know why cargo shorts got such a bad. Where did cargo shorts get such a bad rap? Uh, I, I don't know. Why I mean, did that? They're they're definitely not flattering. But like all the cargo shorts I had, I definitely like busted holes in, so mm-hmm. I just never replaced them, and I don't have any cargo shorts anymore. Yeah. But they they were very comfortable. Yeah, and, I mean, and utilitarian and useful. I never you know? I never actually used the pockets. Yeah. Like maybe once or twice I used like one. But it of was the nice to have pockets. when it was there. Yeah. Uh, but th- they were just very comfortable, and maybe that's why like I blew holes in them because they were, I was just wearing them too thin. comfy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but those. Short, so we were talking about today. I get all of my cool fashion. If I want to know like what's cool. I'll honestly look at the guys on The Bachelorette. Oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. They're all in their... I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea. They're all in their early to mid-20s, and they are the, uh, you know, successful dudes, and they should be dressing to impress. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what what you're wearing right now is what they're wearing. Short pastels like that. Oh, yeah. Eight inch inseam is like too long these days for some oh guys. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got to go five inch inseam. Yeah, five inch inseam. Yeah. I like a nice ten. So that shows you where I am. So maybe yeah. they are dad I, shorts. I, I feel like I feel like you would be okay with an eight inch inseam because yeah. it's it's gonna get you like. Uh, starting towards like shorter yeah. short the, the trend of shorter shorts, <laughs> but I'm never gonna go all the way, man. Whenever to like Daisy Dukeville, oh, where a man. lot of guys when, are. When Grace and I visited her cousin in uh, Chicago, like over like Valentine's Day weekend, yeah, uh, we ended up going to a party and uh, th- at this like rich person's house that they were house sitting. Oh for. yeah, yeah, you talked and, about that. I think. Yeah, and uh, they had a hot tub. And I didn't have a swimsuit, but so I, I borrowed one of her cousins and holy crap, this thing was tiny. It was short. <laughs> like I I have long thighs. Yeah. So even if you give me like uh like an eight inch inseam yeah, like swimming suit. Equivalent. Like, yeah, it's coming like four <laughs> or five inches above my knee. Yeah. So I, I think this one was maybe like a five and a half or a six inch inseam. Oh my so gosh. like it's halfway up. Oh, my it's thigh. like uh Daniel Craig <laughs> in uh that first Bond movie he did with that blue swimsuit that's oh my basically God, you know? yeah. <laughs> little tiny biker shorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, but lest you think that I get because first of all, I am a dad, so I th- <laughs> I feel like I've earned the right to wear dad shorts. But lest you think I haven't reached peak dad, I do pair these shorts with a nice pair of new balance sneakers, of oh. course. Oh, man. The choice of dads everywhere. But man. they're not like the clunky white ones. They're not the clunky white ones. Yeah. Speaking of sneakers, this episode's sponsored by the GOAT app. Except, no, no, it's not. 
Go do, to GOAT. Do not go to the GOAT app. Do not use promo <laughs> code to, NOHUGGING. Go to GOATSY.com and use the promo code NOHUGGING. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, Don't do that if you've never heard but of it. Seriously, should, should, but seriously, though, GOAT, can you can you guys, like, sponsor us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. I, I found this ad, or I found this app, rather, uh, from uh, one of these YouTube videos. I, I think it was Grace watching an Emma Chamberlain video. Yeah. And she had this ad from this thing called GOAT. I downloaded the app. And we were wondering weeks and weeks ago about where we could get uh, this sweet pair of mm-hmm. Nikes that Featured George in a couple got. Of episodes. Yeah. yeah, and I found them immediately on the Goat app, which is just like a buying and reselling like new or slightly used sneakers, mm-hmm. like for our, throughout like the history of any line. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like I found anything that remotely looked like. Yeah, I, the, anything that remotely looked like this pair of sneakers that George had, and they're in stock. As of us recording them today, they're in stock. And also, I didn't know you and I had the same size foot. You're a ten and a half? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I, I feel like everything is, you know, you'd have a bigger feet, bigger legs, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, yeah, because I have, like, they, they ask you, like, your uh, your size, so they'll send you push notifications when that uh, size is in stock. Yeah. And then I told you before that I got a notification that says, yeah, Cortez Blue, size ten and a half, in stock. And then you said, oh, wow, that's even my size. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Pretty pretty weird, pretty weird uh, coincidence. Um, yeah, but as far as I know, there's regular Cortezes. If you've been following the uh, drama of the shoe, I, I'm pretty. I I just think I put in like retro Nikes or something, and I think Cortez came up, and I was like, Yeah, that looks like them. And as long it's, as we're, not, it's very close. If it's not exactly yeah, it, yeah. And it, and as long as we're not plugging goat, I believe I saw a new Cortezes at Kohl's for seventy five bucks. Ooh, so and there you, you go. Defin- go what is def- their thing? Go to Kohl's? That can't be it. That simple. Goat to Kohl's. Goat to Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't go to Kohl's.com and, and don't use promo code no. NOHUGGING. I just bought uh, $80 in sunglasses yesterday from Kohl's. Ooh, really? Yeah, for my for my groomsmen. Oh, yeah. Cool, I, I found cool. a co- couple of nice pairs. They were like originally like 34 bucks each. They were knocked down to 17 and they were having a flash sale. So I got each pair for $13, Dang. baby. Dang. Yeah. Did you get some Kohl's cash? I, I think I did, go but I, I don't have to- a rewards card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get to claim it. Go to Kohl's.com for some free Kohl's cash if you put in the <laughs> promo code no hugging. Speaking of which, we better get started. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing. Thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. Don't worry, we will blabber on plenty before we actually get to talking about the implant. <laughs> uh, but where do you want to start from our homework from last week? Uh, I, I I feel like we should just uh, hop right into stuff. Yeah. Do, you, do you want to do the Gandhi stuff first? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, here's what I found about Gandhi. We didn't know that Mahatma was not his first name. Correct. But I thought it was his first yeah, name. Yeah, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. And so the woman, so the woman says, well, that's when I be- began my relationship, Mrs. Oliver. Elaine's senior citizen that she's, uh, I don't know, babysitting, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I began my relationship with Mahandas. And Elaine refers to him as the Mahatma yeah. later. Um, and so here is the deal with that. All I found out was that his name is Mahandas Gandhi. Do you, do you know his full name? Do you have it there? Uh, yeah, it was like Mahan, Mahandas Karam Chan yeah. Gandhi. And so the honorific. Or it's Chand, an, it's I an, think. It's an honorific. It's an honorary yeah, title. Yeah. Mahatma. And it mean, it's Sanskrit for high-souled or venerable. And it was first applied to him in mm-hmm. uh, 1914 in South Africa and is now used throughout the world. Mahatma is similar in usage to the modern English term saint. Okay. How did we miss that? You and I were like, you know, like uh, Dalai Lama or Ayatollah. Why didn't we go? We're both like white Anglo-Saxon Protestants or yeah. Catholics or whatever it is. We should have known <laughs> saint. 
before Ayatollah. Y- you, know, you know, it's like Ayatollah. <laughs> you know, no, what do they call an honorific to something that's given to you by a religion? Oh, I don't know. Ayatollah? Why do we yeah, jump right that to... Was, that was the first word that jumped jump out at us. Ayatollah. Jesus. Um, it's similar to saint and can be also translated as ascended master. So think of it as Saint Gandhi, which makes a ton of sense now, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. We could literally even just say, yeah, like Saint Nick. Yeah. We didn't. We said Ayatollah. You know, like Ayatollah Khomeini, <laughs> that great American hero. Oh Lord! Um, all right, what else? You, what else you got? <laughs> well, I, I also like found like it, it, um, more stuff about Mahatma. Yeah, uh, because uh, Mahatma, capital M, is like the uh, in English it would be the proper noun, but Mahatma, lowercase M, can also be a general noun, and it's uh, used as a just a general title of love and respect. Uh. Oh, so for instance, if I say, you know, Ted, you do something really nice for me, and I'm like, Ted, you're a real Mahatma. Yes. That would be lowercase M. I believe it, so. And it would like me be saying, Ted, you're a saint. Yes. Thank you for doing a- that Exactly. For me. You're a Mahatma. I think, I think yeah. so. I, I mean, th- then again, this is just two white guys... <laughs> Uh, trying trying to understand Indian culture. Yeah, and, but that's what I'm going to say from now on. I'm going to switch it up to Mahatma, and people go, "Why?" You're going to get so many stares. If why you do are that? you using Gandhi's first name? And I'll say, "Oh, oh, it is not." Wait his till you first find name. out what I learned from Seinfeld. All right, what do we want next? Rush Limbaugh or going postal? Um, let's do Rush Limbaugh. Okay, both are depressing topics. But what did you very, find out about? Very or much not? so. Kramer uh, could be a Rush Limbaugh Ru- listener. Rush Limbaugh was definitely on the air in New York City. Uh, in like for about like the last four years at the time of this ah. episode, uh, because he started uh, whenever he was on he started on air whenever he was sixteen uh, in 1984 in Sacramento. In 1988, Limbaugh began broadcasting a show nationally from radio station WABC in New York City, Whoa. and the show's flagship station became WOR in 2014. Okay, so he was definitely broadcasting nationwide. Uh, by 1988, from a New York City yeah. studio. Yeah, but like he, he, yeah, he was in New York yeah. City too, like yeah. for the last four years. Yeah. All right, there we so, go. So Kramer definitely could have been listening to him as the alternative media. I, and I, I think, I think he was. I think he was. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a possibility. I mean, certainly the right wing wasn't what it is now. New. No. So I, no. I, I mean, even I bet Rush Limbaugh listening to Rush Limbaugh from 1993 would think he is oh, an idiot and a left wing. So yeah, tame. Yeah. Oh my god. I bet he would think like he's listening to some sort of Democrat. Uh, you know, radio station or whatever. It's like, no, that's you. We just sped yeah. it up to make it sound different <laughs> or whatever. Um, and uh, so going postal, going postal. We wanted to know what the deal with that was uh, because George asks um, Newman. We find out that mm-hmm. he's a mailman in this the, new episode. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Because the origin of the term going postal, uh, Wikipedia says the earliest known use of the phrase was on December 17th, 1993. So... The term hadn't really been used no. yet, but uh, there is also a notable, like a list of notable, like yeah. postal oh, shootings. Me, I read a lot of that, and I was like, "We don't need to know all of yeah, this." I, uh, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll just read the years because yeah. every, everything else is like, uh, like very, very depressing. Yeah, uh, L.A. in 1970, Edmond, Oklahoma, in 86. Ridgewood, 86 is really when it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, in 91. Royal Oak, Michigan, in 91. Uh, there was two more events in 93 uh, on the same day, May 6, 1993. Which is interesting because everything you mentioned that happened in 93, using it in the St. Petersburg Times, the first mm-hmm. known print of it, and both postal incidents in 1993 happened months before this episode even aired. The episode previously even aired. That was in uh, February. And so those 
events in 1993 hadn't even happened yet. Exactly. And the, no one had even written it in a newspaper yet. So, mm-hmm. But it obviously was the, on the tip of the... It, it, was, it was something people were thinking about, ten, but, it, but it wasn't like a... a a conscious thought in everyone's head it, at all times of the day. It was certainly, if I may, part of the zeitgeist. Oh. It's been a while, but it was certainly part of the zeitgeist, obviously. Drink. Even if it hadn't been given the name Going Postal Man, yet. If, uh, if you haven't listened to our very first episodes, <laughs> we haven't done this in a long time, but anytime we mention the word zeitgeist, you have to take a drink. But anyway, between 1970 and 97... More than 40 people were killed by current or former postal employees in at least 20 incidents of workplace rage. Um, and there we go. I think that's about it. I th- yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. But that that just seems so weird to me that no one had written the phrase going postal in a yeah. paper, in an article, or anything. And all of these shootings had already taken place. It had like happened in an episode of Seinfeld. Not happened, yeah. thankfully. But it had been written in a script of Seinfeld, yeah. the term going postal. But he doesn't say go postal. That's the thing. He just says, you ever think about shooting the place up like those other postal workers? So he doesn't say going postal. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, you're so right. We kind of put that on. We were like, I wonder when going postal became... A phrase that everyone knew. When did it enter mm. the lexicon? Okay, you know? yeah. And so he doesn't say going yeah, postal, but that's what we right. call it because we, we, we know the term. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Because, because it is not, and it is no longer 1993. Yeah. And it just <laughs> became like a way to describe also workplace shootings, which yeah. became more prevalent, stuff like that. So it, it extended beyond like, so if somebody worked in a bank, oh, he went postal or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. So he doesn't say, from my memory, from my recollection, going postal, but he does ask, do you ever think about shooting up people or something, shooting up the workplace, something like that. I also want to know a little bit more about Bleaker Bob, uh, Robert Edward Plotnick, (laughs) who did die last November 2018 at age 75, uh, also known as Bleaker Bob, was the owner of that record shop on Bleaker Street in Manhattan. The shop closed, actually, in 2013. Oh, okay. Um, He was a legend in the music industry, though. Plotnick was noted for recognizing changes in music, and his store was at the forefront of emerging, emerging rock genres like punk rock. So... He would kind of see what the what was bubbling under. He was able to like see music huh. trends before any sort of like social media or music collection apps or anything wow. like that. Okay, and so he was like, "Oh, <laughs> kids are getting punk." So you know, you, he would go over to London, like buy a bunch of records and bring them back, and go, "Oh, these are the Sex Pistols," and that was America's introduction to punk rock. You wow, know? That, that's um, actually really cool. Yeah, and they were so people were like, his prices were pretty high, but if you wanted to know what was coming, you could go to Bleaker Bob's, and a lot of rock stars were patrons of his shop, and he befriended stars like. David Bowie, Bob Dylan, Frank Zappa, as well as rising stars like Madonna, Prince, members of The Clash who went to the store when they were first starting out. Mick Jagger, I think, was a frequenter, so people knew him, and they were like, if you want good records, you go see Bleaker Bob, not Don Ho live in Honolulu or Sergio (laughs) Mendez. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that's all the homework that I have done. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into things. If you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy podcast, despite the last 12 minutes of doing homework. I know. We always do homework after we watch the episode on the following episode. Uh, But if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet, at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. We are a five-star rated podcast. Whoa. Yeah, all five stars. All of our reviews are five stars. That's amazing. Really cool. I I, love it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. That's amazing. Um, But uh, yeah, if you do that, we will send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker once we get them made. Uh, That being said, Season 4, Episode 18, The Implant, 
Original air date, February 25th, 1993. I was two months and five days old. Hmm. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry dumps a girlfriend because she has breast implants. <laughs> and I, the first thing I noticed was that I really thought this episode was called The Implants. Why isn't it plural? Plural? Yeah. Why isn't it pl- Why is it The Implant? I don't know. Implant. I, 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 I don't it's know. Weird. That might be the one <laughs> thing. Really I, make sense. That might be the one thing I change about it uh, when we do the episode. When we do the synopsis you know, review, the episode title. Yeah. Um, all right. So we start with the stand-up bit as normal and talking about Jerry. How he's not a member of a health club because he doesn't want to see naked men, which is a weird reason not to go to the gym. But. Yeah. He's like, I've got a strict limit on naked men. I need to see in one day zero. Zero. Like that's okay. all. You that, that's the one yeah. reason you're, you're just going to like look at dong. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Most people go. I mean, when I was a member of a gym, I never even went into the locker room. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I be dressed in what I'm going to work out in, go work out, and, and then, then leave, leave huh. in what I worked out in. Okay. Yeah. Some people I understand if you leave from work and you go and that's true. Whatever. I mean that, but I I never even did that. So it is possible, Jerry, especially when you live a life of leisure, like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> does, to go in what you worked out in. Get back yeah. on the subway. You don't even have to get in your car and make that no. all sweaty and dirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, but then it does get really funny because I love He's like, what's with the security at health clubs? And I wish here he would call health clubs gym, like going to the gym. Yeah. Why didn't they call Did they not call it that? And I mean, I, I know I'm looking at you like you don't know, but. I don't, um, I don't know where the term the health club yeah, yeah. comes from. I've always called it a gym. Yeah. I, I mean, I we, we see in a second, they go to the New York Health Club. And it looks like a gym. It looks like a gym. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really look like, I mean, they are they are people getting healthy. Yeah. And I, it just guess, seems like an I guess it is a club because they are paying to be there. <laughs> and it is exclusive. And it is in New York. So I guess they have every right to call it the New York Health Club. But this is where I realize, and maybe it's an archaic term. Maybe the New York Health Club has been around since like the 1880s or something maybe. like that. And it's like one of the first things they set up, whatever. But um, I do love this joke about security at gyms. I'm going to use the word gym now. Um, you know, like, hey, you know, let me beep your thing. And then your picture oh, yeah. pops up in the computer. Like, got to make sure it's you. Is yeah, like, what but are these like, people yeah, doing? But he's also saying like there's like actual security at, yeah. his, at his health club or at, at his gym. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean like a wand or something? Yeah. Oh, like uh, for, I, I thought. I thought that's what he was implying. I got like, the impression that it's. He was like, people are stealing exercise. He was like, is that what's going on? And then I love this part too. He's like, and what if they get caught? What if they catch him? They're gonna start running. That's aerobic. That makes it worse. That's you're that, making it worse. You're that's still exercising. Yeah, yeah, I thought that I, was hilarious. Like I, I, I thought it was just weird because my gym has no security. I mean, there's a person at the front desk. Yeah. You, you beep in, yeah. and that's it. And your picture is there. I think there's right? no, 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 there's, there's no, no picture. picture. Oh, well, you still have to beep yourself in. You can't just walk in. That's They'll true. stop you. I know, yeah. but like you can always just like I don't know, duck underneath the counter and walk <laughs> in. No one's gonna stop you. Someone would stop you. You think someone will stop I me? I think someone would stop you. Wow, we just had a very Seinfeld back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I hate us. It's becoming us. Oh, we are no. becoming them. The singularity. It is seeped into my blood. <laughs> it is upon us. So we open at the New York Health Club, the aforementioned New York Health Club, and immediately Jerry greets Sidra. <laughs> I had to turn my closed caption on immediately because this is like the second line. He's like, oh, hi, Sidra. I was like, <laughs> yeah. did he just say Sidra? Yeah, what kind and, of name and is that's, Sidra? That's not a name, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, he, clearly, he said like Sandra, right? Sandra, of course. No. We're like, nope. Sidra. And I spelled it wrong every time I wrote it down. <laughs> Did you really? Because well, I spelled it the same way. I spelled it C I D R A. Well, how's that actually spelled? It's S I D R A. Yeah. Okay. I spelled it C I D R A. Uh, but you, of course, recognize Sidra right off the bat, right? 
No. You didn't recognize Terry Hatcher? What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. This is Terry Hatcher. Man. And so I, I guess I should have looked up whether this was a non-cameo cameo, whether she was... I don't think she was famous at this point. Okay. I mean, certainly it was years it, before. It, it clearly, it, she definitely didn't have guest Terry Hatcher That's right. in well, the description. Yeah, but, you know, Brian Doyle Murray also didn't get a, a shout true. out. He's been in some of the best comedies. And, <laughs> and um, but, but this was, you know, maybe a, what... Years before Desperate Housewives. Oh my God! Years. Yeah. I mean, so maybe decades before Desperate Housewives. Years before, and here's where it's a backwards Superman reference. Years before Lois and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman. Oh my God! Which I loved growing up. <laughs> Did you watch that show? No, no, I never oh saw it. Oh my Gosh, Dean Cain, Superman, it, and Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. Yeah. So in and you know Jerry had a date with another Lois Lane. Uh, so far, they're talking about working out, and he's like, "All right, see you Thursday night." So he obviously has a date set up with her, and then Elaine comes in. Well, wait, before Elaine comes in, what did you think of Jerry's uh, line about the stairmaster? Like, oh. I, yeah, that's why they call it the stairmaster. I get up there and I stare, and I stare, yeah, like, butts or something. Uh, I guess is what he's talking about. Okay, um, it's funny because the set is so small, and they had to pack like. <laughs> At least make it look like they have two workout machines at the New York Health Club, which is several stories in the exterior shot. Yeah, and, and this there's is definitely like, like the lobby too, because <laughs> yes. this is also like the desk area where they're checking in. Yes. Well, why did well, there's a whole room behind no. them yeah, for yeah. workout equipment, yeah. but they need to have two stairmasters out in the lobby <laughs> right. just to show you that it is a gym. Yeah, right. And so it, it makes Jesus. it look like that's where. Yeah, they're like, work, why are you working out right next to the counter? Why? This is where people are checking in. Like, isn't there more room? No, the set's too small it and that's an aerobic right room. here that's an aerobic room behind there we see we've seen elaine go in there before and coming out doing aerobics yeah. you know and, and classes and stuff like that so yeah the new york health club is only two machines and they're right next <laughs> that's to the it. yeah they're right next to the check-in desk but yeah um i don't know it, it probably you know is still two pretty... stair masters and a sauna yeah that's it that's, <laughs> that's, all that's what get. you pay for and aerobics classes <laughs> um but I, I mean i thought it was definitely funny it's odd for someone to talk about being creepy that openly and think it's okay yeah you know he's like i set up on the stairmaster if there's a but in front of me that's not what he says but i mean essentially it is he says uh, if there's someone in a leotard yeah yeah that's it and i know that dudes leering at women in gyms is a problem yeah and i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was a problem in 1993 yeah, too yeah. but it was a hilarious problem in 93 ted <laughs> now it's like uh, we realize it's actually a disturbing problem but in 93 it was hilarious to leer at women while they're trying to work out you know oh. they're there for your pleasure in 1993 Jesus. <laughs> um and so elaine comes by and uh they talk about how he's going out with her and elaine says they're fake you know and she's of course talking about sidra's breasts and yeah which no way there's no way you don't think in they're they're fa- i don't think they're fake in real life no it, but like especially like even here there's no way yeah yeah um and so elaine's elaine says she can tell like how jerry brags about he can spot a lesbian and <laughs> yeah and then the woman like walks up immediately he's like oh hey yeah. Yeah. And then he gives a thumbs up. Do you think that meant that he's just spotted a lesbian? I think so. That's what I took, yeah. I think I, that was the joke, I think at that's least. what yeah. he thought. Yeah. Yeah. And he might have just been joking about it right then because, you know, to Elaine, who, you know, she's. I love this line from Elaine, too. Don't they just seem too perfect? And he's like, <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and, and she thought he was a leg man. Yeah, yeah. And Jerry's like, why would I be a leg man? I have legs. <laughs> yeah. Jerry tells Elaine to follow up. Now that she's brought it up. 
she has to find out whether or not. Yeah. 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 Now he, that she's planted the seed of doubt, she's the one that has to do the investigation. Yeah, he says he won't accept her testimony unless she sees her naked. Uh-huh. So he tells Elaine to go into the sauna, do do some reconnaissance. Yeah. And But she also says, well, if you just wait a few weeks, you can find out for yourself. And he's like, not necessarily. You know, George is on his ninth date this with Betsy. Really clever, like, writing to tie this yeah. together. I, yeah. I actually like this. <laughs> uh, and so George is on his ninth date and he's still nowhere with Beth, Betsy because he can't she keeps on for instance every time they almost hook up uh, something, something happens. yeah something interrupts like for instance she sits on the wrong side of the couch he can't go left because he's a right-handed guy so he can't make a move from the left or something like that uh <laughs> jerry is a, a, a left-handed guy which i never noticed before so he can't make a move from the right and so cut to george and betsy in i guess probably betsy's apartment we find out uh and do you recognize betsy no, who's Betsy? George, Betsy is Megan Mullally. You just called me George. <laughs> I got I George who, on the brain. I don't, I don't know who Megan Mullally is. Uh, she's, well, she's most famous for being Karen on Will and Grace, which I never watched. Okay. But she's also okay. married to Nick Offerman and appears on Parks and Rec as one of the Tammies oh, uh, every so right. often. She has. Oh, uh, she often is even uh, is playing. Oh, she's they're in, they're in commercials right now for Sling, right? They're okay, slingers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's one of the slingers? She's one of the slingers with her oh, husband, Nick man. Offerman. And um, yeah, so people love that celebrity couple. But also, she she always in her roles plays up her high voice even more. You know, so Karen obviously had that that high nasally voice that she has. She's not playing up here. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're going to sit down on the couch. She sits on the wrong side of George. So he can't. He tries to rush in there before she sits down. But, you know, gravity takes over. And yeah. He can't get in there. So and, he's on the wrong side yeah. again. And like... I, I wrote this down. Once you determine like who sits and, and who sleeps where yeah. in a relationship, it's over. Like, oh, yeah. like, there, there's no changing that. Even like, uh, I mean, you said relationship, but I'll, I'll even extend it to all relationships, like roommates. Even oh yeah, you know yeah, because yeah. like you, you can have like a roommate and you'll have his chair or your chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you each have your respective rooms. Yeah. Or if you're in a relationship and you share a bed, you each have a side of the bed. Unlike that thing that was going viral oh, yeah, like a, a week and a half ago or something yeah. that's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend and I never defined who sleeps where we, in the wherever bed. we fall just, down. Just wherever we fall down. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> how it works. Yeah, you're just supposed to be in a habit of sleeping on the same. Just when you get in yeah. bed, why would you get in? I, I sleep on the left side. Grace sleeps on the right. Yeah. It, why would you want to sleep on the different side? That's what I want to know. <laughs> why would you want to not decide on it? I like a routine I, at night. Uh, you know. I I I don't know. Yeah. Just, that that was it, just weird. It sounds like a good way to like extend the life of your mattress, though. Like not like sleeping in the ah, same spot, like rotating your tires. Yeah, exactly. You got to rotate the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she doesn't she doesn't want to switch because she doesn't hear well out of her right ear. So uh-huh. she has to sit on that side of George, and George rolls yeah, her out of the way, like violently, like <laughs> sp- like rolls her over the couch. But I like where he says. I'll shout, <laughs> you know, because he really wants to sit on that yeah, side and, of her. And then he gets on that side, and he's like, "Is that so bad?" And she yeah. just looks at him. She's what? Uh, what? What? <laughs> yeah. But then, <laughs> so she's not kidding. She cannot hear out of that ear. And now that he's on that side, he's about to make his move. When, of course, something goes wrong. The phone uh-huh. rings, and George is trying to stall her from answering it. But she does answer I, it. I, I like this line. He's like, "In the whole," she's like, "It could be an emergency." He's like, <laughs> In the whole world, there's probably like three emergencies. You really think you're one? You're, this phone call is one of them for you. <laughs> 
But it is. She answers the phone. And she goes, oh, my God. It's like, all right, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> cut to the sauna at the gym where Elaine's in her monologue. She's talking about, uh, you know, Sidra. She's been sent in there to, uh, you know, spy mm-hmm. on Sidra. And, uh, you know, her inner monologue is going off saying, I mean, you know, oh, no wonder she can hold the towel up. She's got her rack right there. <laughs> uh, and and then Sidra like, removes the towel. Yeah, she, she lays down and then yeah. out of frame. You, you can see her, like, making the motion as though she's taking her towel off. Yeah. And we hear Elaine just go, whoa, doctor. <laughs> Those are definitely fake, she says. Uh, so at uh, back at Betsy's place, Betsy's asking questions on the phone, like, when's the funeral? And saying, yeah. oh, Aunt Claire was so <laughs> ill anyway. I guess you know we it, it, was com- it was coming anyway. And George in the background is making flippant, sarcastic gestures oh my behind God, her. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, I guess it really is a blessing. And he like crosses himself and, and, <laughs> and throws his hands like, ah, come on. And uh, she's like, "Well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll have to get, go to the airport or whatever." And he, yeah. he waves I'll, goodbye. I'll, I'll, I'll get on the near. Yeah, I'll get, get on, on the, the first the, flight. The, the soonest yeah. flight. And just <laughs> makes the motion of, like of a plane, of taking, a plane off, like, taking off. Boom. Yeah, and just saying goodbye. <laughs> I mean, he's so put out by yeah. her beloved aunt dying, mm-hmm. and and that's all he can think about at this point. It's so funny. In Jerry's apartment, Elaine confirms the news to Jerry, and Jerry's like, "Well, that's it. That's the end of it." Yeah, just because she has. Fake breasts. Yeah. That's why he wants to break up with her. It doesn't really make much sense to me, uh, but I, I guess... I, I no, don't get it. I, I was never I batting him it. off with a stick like Jerry does. You know, <laughs> Jerry's got his pick of the New York litter, as it I were. I guess. And so he can. he's the guy who can turn down Terry Hatcher, even if there's a chance she has fake breasts. But, um... He says, you know, he compares it to finding out that Mickey Mantle corked his bat. Yeah. He was never that good of a ball player, and so it's a lie, he's (laughs) saying. And Elaine even says, like, you've been with women who have had nose jobs, Mm -hmm. and he says, you don't aspire to get to the nose. (laughs) You don't unhook anything to get to the nose, and no man, this grossed me out. (laughs) Just the sentence itself, and just what he's implying, uh, he's like, and no man has ever tried to look up a woman's nostril. (laughs) It is, it does harken back to the cleavage uh, episode. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's a good comparison too. Like the Mickey Mantle thing, I didn't really get. Yeah. Uh, but the the nose thing, I'm like, well, that is a huge difference right there. A <laughs> huge difference. Then Kramer enters, and mm-hmm. this is a great Kramer entrance. Maybe the first really great one. He like he comes in and slides, and he doesn't like go to the door, so his the top of his body is kind of pulled back by that. And and, it, and, and he it, even like says he's like, oh, Ooh, oh, yeah. And he gets a raucous applause again as he has started doing as it started building in a little season bit four. less than last episode. Really? Though. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. I, yeah, I think it didn't last as long because they just sort of all look at each other and go, hey, mm-hmm. hey, and um. Jerry, you know, is continuing his conversation with Elaine, saying he does wonder what fake breasts feel like. And but Kramer, Kramer says he knows. knows. Uh-huh. And what a hilarious line. I lived in L.A. for three months. Yeah. <laughs> He's an expert. Yeah. He's an expert in what fake breasts feel like just because he lived in yeah. L.A. for three months. That Those three months were enough time for him to know all he needs to know. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. I mean, but it's just a funny shot at L.A. from oh, yeah. the New York. Even though the show was shot in L.A., which is See, funny. See, I, I took it as though Kramer hooked up with so many women yeah. in L.A. in three months. And, well, I took it as all women in L.A. have fake boobs. Oh, okay. That's what you I took you it thought as. so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, otherwise, he could. He hooked up with plenty of women in New York. What's the difference? I took it as a plastic surgery Hollywood joke. Oh, I lived in okay. L.A. for three months. They're all fake. Oh, you know, okay. I, I became an expert on, on fake breasts. Uh, and by the way, Kramer drops in that he saw Salman Rushdie at the health club. And okay. So here's I didn't look up Salman Rushdie ahead of time. Here's all I know about Salman Rushdie. He wrote a book called The Satanic Verses that, got, that brought upon his head a fatwa by the Islamic religion. And so I, I think the Ayatollah is the head of the 
uh, of the Muslim uh, theocracy, I guess you could say. And anyway, they put a fatwa on his head because of what happens in this book. I have no idea what, but it's essentially, you know, if you if you were Muslim and you saw Salman Rushdie, you were supposed to kill him on sight. That's really? what a fatwa is. Yeah, Jeez. that's from my. And so he wrote this and, and then went into hiding. Now the funny thing is, the, to extend the Seinfeld um, universe, is that Salman Rushdie actually showed up. On the previous season of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the one that just aired, I mean, it was a couple years at this point, but it, it uh-huh. the most recent season, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, a fa- like um, Larry David is on some show making fun of the Ayatollah, okay. and they put a fatwa on him, and then Salman <laughs> Rushdie is on that season, the real Salman Rushdie oh my God. is on that was season. Was this the, the real Salman Rushdie? This is Rushdie? not the real okay. Salman Rushdie, yeah, okay. uh, because he was still under a fatwa at the time, so I don't know, he probably was still in hiding and stuff. Uh-huh. Like Elaine says, you know, you didn't see Salman Rushdie at the Hell's Club, although I guess if five million Muslims are after you, you want to be in good shape. Um, <laughs> but so he he was in hiding at this point because of the fatwa. But yeah. but in the recent season, and he still is under it. But it's almost like it's a half-ass fatwa at this point. You know, no one's really mm. going to kill him. It's water did, under the bridge. Did you notice that Elaine didn't say Muslims? She said if you had five million Muslims. Oh, I've heard that pronunciation too, though. Is I that, do hear that. Okay, yeah. is that proper? I, is that I, a proper pronunciation? I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. Even that threw I don't me know off. The difference is, yeah. That threw me off. I'm like, is the Muslims. term Muslims trademarked? Or <laughs> Something? I was in like high school probably, or maybe even college before I realized Islam and Muslim were the same thing. You know, you're Islamic really? and you are Muslim, right? Well, well yeah. yeah I, I didn't know like, I mean, I just feel like I always knew that they yeah, were. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's the Islamics and there's Muslims. No, <laughs> you the thought same. they were two different like yeah. like uh, sections of people? Bingo. Oh, yeah, okay. or just two separate religions. Like, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they were referencing the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, I... I am a follower of Islam, so I am a Muslim. Gotcha. That's right, right? I think so. (laughs) Oh, man. Ted and I are so worldly, and it comes out in in these podcasts. Welcome back to We Are Very White. (laughs) We're going to just stay out of the Middle East from now on, because it it, it didn't do us any favors when we were talking about Gandhi, um, which is, I guess, technically Asia, but you can make an argument for it. Whatever. That's all I know about Salman Rushdie, but he was on that episode with Larry David, and they were like, they were. It, they found it easy to pick up women when you were under a fatwa because it's dangerous. Mm. You know what I mean? It makes you kind of a bad boy. Um, so they call themselves the fatwa boys. Oh, uh, no. So back in the New York Health Club, uh, George can't make a move because he likes her too much. Everyone's in the sauna. George, Jerry, and uh, Kramer are in the sauna. And George can't make a move because he likes her too much. And he's like, I put her on a pedestal. Which reminds me of the conversation that they have in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Remember? When he's like, you know, um, oh, yeah. Steve Carell has this same issue where he's like, you know, I, I, I like. He's like, you put the pussy on a pedestal. Remember mm-hmm. that? And he's like, why do people keep saying that to me? Yeah. Um, and so he <laughs> wants to be her boyfriend, but he's not her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kramer says it's like a sauna in here, ha. which gets like kind of a groany reaction from like, oh, that's ha. really funny. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, and so they ask if he's going to the funeral, and George is like, why would I go to the funeral? And they say this is a great opportunity to advance the relationship. Mm-hmm. They, they say that he can be the consolation guy. Yeah, you're there getting her sandwiches. You're there for the shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. It's like ten dates in one shot. Uh-huh. Instant boyfriend says Kramer. Instant boyfriend material. Uh, and then Kramer suggests you can even fly out if you get a death in the family. Fair. Yeah, is this a real thing? Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Do you also have to like actually provide the death certificate? I don't actually know what the requirements are. I've never had to use it, but I know. I mean, they call it 
the actual term later on, but the bereavement fair is what hmm. they call it. So if you have to rush home for a death in the family, they can give you the bereavement fair. Maybe it's not still around anymore, but definitely in 93 it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what the requirements were. Um, but so You know what? Homework. Oh, let's look it up. Homework. Yeah, go to, uh, we'll go to, I don't know, um, Trivago and see if we can book some yeah. bereavement fees or, or something like that. <laughs> or I'll just look up like different airlines, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just do U.S. Airlines bereavement fee. Although U.S. Airlines is the worst, so they probably charge you more if you're rushing home for uh, a death <laughs> in the family. Like, oh, someone we can take advantage of? U.S. Airways. Go to usairways.com slash nohugging, and you'll, you, get, you'll get nothing. Yeah, you'll get double. The, they'll double your price you're if gonna, you go to that. You're uh, going to get kicked in the yeah. nuts upon boarding the plane. And your luggage is going to be lost. And when you do find it, it's going to have the crap beat out of it. Uh, and then they're, they're, it's not going to be their fault, though. Um, and it'll Kramer's, be ours. Yeah, it'll be our it'll fault. Be our fault. The, the, the bill will come to us. But Kramer suggests some scam where he buys it with Kramer's frequent, fire, f- frequent flyer miles. Kramer gets the miles because he was talking about needing to get out of town mm-hmm. earlier when he was talking about it, when he was reminiscing about L.A. Uh, and so he'll get the frequent flyer miles and he'll even split the cost with George. So George goes to Detroit for the funeral at a quarter of the cost of a yeah. regular ticket. I, I, yeah, because the bereavement fee is half off, and yeah. Kramer's going to pick up the other half I mean, half I, can't ar- I can't argue half. with that logic. Sure, yeah, George is like, why not? I mean, you know, you go to... to I don't know why Kramer yeah. would be willing to pay half his ticket, though. Because he wants the points. He wants the miles. That's true. And we know they've found That's a way true. to scam the airlines out of miles so that when you get a refund on a ticket that you've bought, they don't take the miles away. Yeah. You know, and um, it's Kramer's card once again. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Kramer has a great... What's in your wallet, Kramer? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so in Elaine, Elaine is at the health club too and she's in the sauna mm-hmm. Sidra comes in her as her, her inner monologue says here comes Sidra Silicon Valley yeah <laughs> uh, and Sidra's talking about Jerry calling it off like you know so he calls me says he never wants to see me again and uh, Elaine sort of like drops into the conversation like oh, I couldn't help it over here you know and uh, yeah she says uh, he was gonna go back to his old girlfriend <laughs> yeah and Elaine is a sort of, uh, oh like sort of um Interested yeah, kinda, in that prospect? Like, wait, Jerry's taking me. We're getting back together or something like that. Like thinking it might be possible. Yeah. Then was like, he says she's mentally ill, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, she also, uh, Sidra also says that Jerry was uh, very. I, I forget exactly what she said, but she implies uh, back again that he's very neat and, and orderly. orderly, and that he would have made a great <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Oh man! Yeah. I mean, why not just say German? I mean, that's a German stereotype, too, not just Nazi. He would have made a great Nazi if he wasn't Jewish. Is that what you're saying? I guess. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. So they, they introduce themselves. Sidra gets up and moves to, so her back is to our camera. So she's sitting against the fourth wall, uh-huh. essentially. And I think she does take off her towel again, right? Uh, yeah. Does she remove her towel? Okay. So, uh-huh. and Elaine, ste- you know, she's like, hi, I'm Sidra. This is, I forget even her friend's name. She's like, oh, I'm Elaine. And she goes to shake her hand and she trips into Sidra yeah. from the other side of the bench. Yeah, which before Sidra walked in, Elaine is talking about like how good she's sweating. So yeah. it, it's kind of implying uh-huh. that she has been in there a while. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about like good, good sweat. sweat. Good, good good beads of sweat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even know. What is like, the purpose of a sauna? Is it to Just lose, to sweat. Just to sweat. And yeah. what is that? Is you, that like detoxify you, you, you uh, and stuff? You sweat out like water weight. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it is to lose weight. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, so at Jerry's apartment, Elaine now tells Jerry that she touched them, and they're real. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if they are real, they're spectacular. <laughs> and Jerry's like, what are you doing to me? He already blew it with her, so why would she come to tell him this news? Uh, over at the airport, George and Kramer's ticket scam is underway. So Kramer was going to pretend that he the ticket was for him and that he had the dead family mm-hmm. member so he could use his frequent flyer miles, but then George would use his card 
to pay for the ticket. But yeah, like they're really banking on their like being two different clerks whenever they come through because they're saying Kramer Kramer had the aunt oh, that yeah. died, but the ticket is gonna be for George. Yeah. So I, it's gonna I maybe this was before you had to have a ticket in your name like they I do guess, now. Yeah. You know, I was like, I got a ticket, I found yeah. it on the street, let's yeah, go. Yeah, th- th- this is this is one thing that <laughs> is going uh like right over my head because I've never flown where I didn't have to have a ticket in my specific yeah, name. Yeah, definitely. The, so the, the first time that I was ever on a plane was like two months after nine eleven. Yeah. So it was like right in the height of okay, yeah, we need to amp up security. Yeah, yeah. And so you you, you have your name on your boarding pass. Maybe maybe yeah. that wasn't the way I, I, I guess not yeah um so you know she's like you pay the full fare now and then when you return <laughs> just show just bring a copy of the death certificate and they refund <laughs> half your fare which I, I mean i i had a couple of family members die last year and you can get like uh, additional copies of the death certificate very easily but like whenever you're not part of the immediate family, <laughs> uh, you can you can immediately see it on George's face. He's like, okay, and this he, is I, I think the gonna pl- be impossible. Yeah, he's like, well, the plan's off. And Kramer, who has gone to sit down and cry, quote unquote, <laughs> because he's lost the family, immediately member, stands back up. Yeah, not he's, crying anymore. Yeah, he tells he kind of motions George. Did it do it? You know, you know, and George is like, well, fine. And so he's like, and uh, it'll be on my, he's now stopped crying because he jumps up and he's like, my freaking flyer card, here you here you go. Uh, and, and Kramer's got the points, yeah, just like that. $387 worth of points mm-hmm. round trip. Back at Jerry's apartment, he doesn't know what to believe now. Um, Kramer comes in, George is off to Detroit, Kramer has a ticket to Puerto Rico mm-hmm. uh, with those frequent flyer miles, he's already cashed him in, and Elaine says the guy, oh, by the way, I saw that guy at the club and it's not Salman Rushdie, and Kramer says, wrong, uh, and so <laughs> back at the New York Health Club, we're jumping around a ton, I mean, this, yeah. is, a, this is an action-packed episode, um, we get a very Seinfeldian conversation about Salman Rushdie talking to Sidra, and they say Sidra and Salman. If that's Salman, that's Sidra. If that's Sidra, that's Salman. Uh, those, if those are real, that's Rushdie. If that's Rushdie, those are real. You know, over yeah. the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Ugh, then, so in the sauna, Kramer is doing his recon in the sauna on Salman Rushdie, and he's like, "Oh, it's a, it's like a sauna in here," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, it reminds me of the desert." And so th- that kind of interests the guy sitting next to him, who he thinks is Salman Rushdie. He says, "Oh, you lived in the desert." He's like, "Yeah, I lived in the uh, Mid East. You ever been there?" And why did he say Mid East? Like it's Midwest. Like it's the Midwest. Yeah, that, the Mid East. It's threw the me Middle for a loop. East. The Middle that threw East. Threw me for a loop. <laughs> but so, and then he introduces himself as Saul Bass. Sal Bass. Sal Bass, and uh, he says, "I'm uh, a writer." Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where we leave that. Obviously, a big clue for Kramer that this is, he believes uh-huh. it still is Salman Rushdie. Uh, so in Detroit, uh, Betsy is introducing George as her boyfriend to yeah. everybody there. And George is milking yeah. it. I'm the boyfriend? Yeah. The it's boyfriend's like, me. Th- that this is where the boyfriend has to be. Why? Why would I? Why would I not be here? <laughs> yeah. This is where the boyfriend has to be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> something he, like that. He goes to get Betsy a snack, as he heard was going to be his duty. One of his duties as the consolation yeah. guy, and, and uh, he's the priest is there. Father Jessup. Father Jessup is uh-huh. there, and it, George. The, yeah, and Father Jessup is like, this is my uh, third wake this month. <laughs> And George is scarfing down finger sandwiches, like, in one bite. These are, like, two or three bite sandwiches, and he's, like, putting the whole sandwich in his mouth, like, trying to scarf down food 
while he can, you know, yeah, while yeah. he can enjoy himself on, in private with the food because he doesn't care about this family. Oh, you know? no. Uh, and so he asked the priest how he would get his hands on the death certificate. Uh, and then back at Jerry's apartment, Kramer is trying to convince Jerry that Sal Bass is he, Salman Rushdie. Uh-huh. He just substituted one fish for another. <laughs> yeah. Sa- Think of it, Sa- Bass. Salmon, Bass. Yeah. And Jerry's like, it's Salmon, not yeah, Salmon. Not salmon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sidra's coming over, so Kramer's got to get out of there. And um, he's like, so have you asked her about, and Jerry says, I'm going to find out tonight. And, and then and Kramer gives his real pervy, <laughs> like, perv ooh, face. ooh yeah, 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 yeah. And he even, like, leans back against the walls if he's staying, oh, as yeah. if he wants to hear more. And, and uh, the closed captions have this as, ooh, yes, indeed. It includes, <laughs> oh, yes. It, it includes <laughs> an indeed in there, although he, I don't think he says indeed. If it does, they cut the audio out yeah, of yeah. him saying it. Um, so in back in Detroit, uh, George is putting. Well, George is talking to another family member. <laughs> Who is this guy? Did it? Uh, did he say? I, was this a family member? or Was this like another priest? I don't, I don't know. But he's trying to get the death certificate still, and he says he's putting together a scrapbook that yeah, Betsy a, can have. An admittedly very rudimentary <laughs> scrapbook, so that Betsy could just have something to hold to remind yeah. her. Because you want that last page to be a state document about yes. how she died and where and oh, when. And what Although time. I don't, I don't think the death certificate. It says cause of death. It doesn't? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't I, know. I think either. it's just time, place. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. It, it might have cause, but <laughs> Well, regardless, is it something you'd want in a scrapbook? No. Is it something you'd call a scrap? No, you know. Pictures of you and her. With, with, with like, you know, like the, the little like bedazzled gems that you yeah. get in any craft stores, like precious mems. I would say if you were going to put anything regarding the end of Aunt What's Her Name in there, <laughs> it would be the um program from the funeral. Yes. Not the death not certificate. The death certificate. Typed <laughs> in a typewriter in nineteen ninety three, I'm sure, on like a state form that's been photocopied a billion times. Um so he, so the guy says he can probably track one down for him. Yeah, I guess I can get that for you. And George now is giddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like he's snapping, clapping, and he goes over to pick a, and to get more food. And he picks up a chip, and then he dips it, and then he dips it again. And Timmy, yeah. who's the brother we've uh, been introduced to earlier, yeah, I, I just wrote, and here comes Officer Timmy. <laughs> yeah. like, this is bugging him so much. He's yeah. yelling at him. Well, he and, had a sour face on uh, when George was introduced. Oh, like, yeah. That's my brother Timmy. And he's like, Meh. yeah. And this is a gross. Own man. Yes. And I, I, I don't know who this actor is, but he, he's definitely got like high school theater camp level like acting chops. Yeah. He's like, you double dipped the chip. <laughs> what did you do? Who you did double you, dipped the you, chip. You dipped it. You took a bite and you dipped <laughs> it again. Like this dude sucks. You sound like Griff in Back to the Future too. Hey, big fly. What are you doing? <laughs> you sound like the great Tom Wilson playing his younger uh, self in Back to the Future. Um, um, yeah, and so George, for some reason, is very... Um, he's adamant that, like, I can dip my yeah. chip however I want. But he's it also very matter. cocky about it because he does it again right in front of him. I mean, why... Oh, yeah. A, I mean, this kid did come at him at, from win from zero to 60 very quickly. He came yes. at him guns blazing, but George is very adversarial, very confrontational. Yeah, I so, mean, so he, he dips the chip again. I'll dip the way I want. T- takes a bite. Yeah. As he's <laughs> dipping the chip again, Timmy just grabs yeah. his arm, and he's, like, wrestling him away, like... It's the biggest deal in the world, Tim. I, I get he's he's in a state of grief right now. His aunt just died. Yeah. He's probably sad. He's, he's a got, grown he's man. Got, he's a grown man people arguing call, about chips. And who people call Timmy. Yes. I can tell you that's I've always hated. Even when I was a little boy, I hated the name Timmy. <laughs> well, when did you it's demoralizing. When did you stop going by Timmy? Oh, I don't know. I never went by Timmy because I hated it so really? much. Really? You were but always I, Tim? Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't think I was ever Timmy. I don't remember. I, I, it doesn't stick out if I was called Timmy, uh, but it, it sticks out to me. I can tell when people are using it to okay. emasculate me. Yeah, I can see, tell when people say, hey, Timmy. And I'm like, oh, you're saying it to take some power away from me. Uh, but, see, I was Teddy until sixth grade. Oh, wow. But this is also a different situation because my dad's name is also Ted. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was Ted and Teddy until like I just got too old to like comfortably being like be called Teddy. Yeah, yeah. You grew into the name uh-huh. Ted. You were ready. You became a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you know, when all men are men in sixth grade. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> at the age of 13. At some point they were. I, uh, yeah, when, yeah. Going back to the life expectancy um, thing from, <laughs> you know, you look at you look at ancient rituals. Was, I'm sure a lot of them retire. With 13, that's your first teen year right there. Um, but yeah, I've always hated, even I remember being in like fourth and fifth grade and hating the name Timmy. Yeah. And I never wanted to be called timmy it was always i i I couldn't i mean i can tell you my aversion to it because it's meant to be diminutive Mm -hmm. diminutive and i never wanted to be that so um yeah a fight breaks out and george yeah i'll dip the way i want you dip the way you want i mean i don't know why he had to do that to timmy right then but i guess that's just the way george is by the way this it stuck out to me that they're you know they're they get in a lot of physical confrontations the confrontations that the gang gets into turn physical very very often and very quickly like I mean, I've been in situations where I'll, you know, tell somebody off, you know, that I don't know. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, shut up or whatever. But it's never (laughs) turned into a full-blown fight. It always turns physical in the Seinfeld universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are always ready to throw down, whether it's Sid in the last episode or Timmy in this episode. Maybe it's a New York thing. Oh, yeah, probably. I think you're right. But I can think of people grab each other by their jackets all the time. But then again, Timmy's in Detroit. Detroit's even tougher than New York, maybe. That's true. Even in '93, I would say that's, that's when true. you know. Um, so back at Jerry's apartment, Sidra is there. So she's like, mm-hmm. "I don't know what I'm doing here. Why yeah. she's giving Jerry another chance?" Yeah, but she is. And I uh, again, I, I had no idea who this actress was at yeah. this point. I had no idea it was Terry Hatcher. Right. I made a note. Like this is definitely the most attractive woman that Jerry has dated yeah, so far. I'll say, boy, there was a picture of Terry Hatcher from her Lois and Clark days of her in like red silk sheets that were supposed to look like they probably even had the s on them it was supposed to look like oh like superman's cape? cape yeah, yeah. that wrapped in the cape oh my gosh that was so <laughs> formative i mean uh <laughs> you want to talk about becoming a man ted oh god that, that picture right there um like you know I, it, it was worth waiting through the aol download speeds for it all to to come <laughs> through on the, on the on the screen there um so the, sidra sits down on the couch again the wrong side jerry asks if they can switch uh, and she does, right? She does switch for some reason. Yeah. Oh, because he likes to feel like he's driving. That's what he said. Oh, yeah. But Sidra, again, like calling back to the sauna, just thinks he's being like organized and very like detail oriented. Uh, like, oh I, my gosh, I, 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 I need, I need to sit on this side. This is my spot. Yeah, you can't yeah. sit in my spot. Very, very Sheldon Cooper. And then, him. exactly. I know. I hate that they have, they owned that. They sort yeah. of own that now. You can't say that's my spa without thinking of like that awful, awful show. Um, but then, then Jerry starts with the small talk. Well, that Jane Mansfield had some big breasts. <laughs> yeah, that's how he just starts the conversation. Well, he's trying to lay the seeds and get her. He wants to, you know, he wants answers, and so he's trying to lay the seeds and 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 build a case yeah. for her talking about, uh, you know. And she does go right to, yeah. well, you know, women get and a lot of. Oh, he says, you know, women are getting bigger these days. Have you noticed? And she says, well, a lot of women get them done. Yeah, you know? and she says, you know, a lot of people have asked me if. I've had mine done. Yeah. And And she says, but you know, it's really none of their business. Mm-hmm. And she's she knows Jerry's game 
immediately. Oh, I mean, yeah. she's already onto it because he's adult uh-huh. and she's a smart woman. <laughs> yeah, and Jerry says, you know, people have asked me about yours. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you tell them? They're like, whatever you want me to tell them. Yeah, and uh, he's about to make a move and then Kramer uh-huh. slams into the door, which has been locked so he can't <laughs> rip it open, which is one of my favorite Kramer gags. It's happened a couple times where, mm-hmm. where, where Jerry locks the door and so all of Kramer's body goes into it. Oh, yeah. It. But he's just like pounding, pounding, <laughs> and uh, Sidra's just like, aren't you going to get that? It could it, be an emergency. It could be an emergency. Jerry's like, there are no emergencies. Jerry, open up! <laughs> it's an emergency! So he goes in, and Kramer wants to borrow Jerry's bathing suit. He's packing for Puerto Rico, <laughs> and he wants to borrow his bathing suit. That's the emergency. Yeah, which is, Jerry, I'm glad he pointed out, was gross. The bathing suit's a different... We, you already talked yeah. about borrowing someone's bathing suit, but you're not supposed to wear underwear. There's that net in there even when they're washed yeah. i mean it's like I, I think it's still I, a very personal thing i think i did wear underwear when ah. I, when I, whenever i borrowed his yeah. uh bar, borrowed his suit maybe i did maybe i didn't i have no idea and it, and it probably remember. it may have done it, it may not have done anything if you had worn underwear but at least it made you feel better like you weren't wearing another man's underwear you know what i mean yeah like because that's what it is it's got that net mm-hmm. you know uh so jerry but he's like all right whatever he just wants kramer out of there so he's not even going to argue about it fine borrow my bathing suit kramer why did and kramer's worn it before he's like i like yours you know it's just <laughs> weird uh and then elaine comes in she sees sidra they've been introduced in the song oh, yeah but she sees her and then realizes oh, oh yeah. wait yeah she's like oh hi sid Drug. Yeah, and Sidra's kind of puzzled because she's like, Elaine knows Jerry. She hadn't connected mm-hmm. them yet. Uh, and Kramer is like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm actually here to see Kramer. And Kramer's like, yeah, she's showing me pictures of things I can do in Puerto Rico, you know, from when you guys went down there. <laughs> oh, God. So now Sidra knows oh, that. Oh, she, she knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, that Elaine and Jerry were boyfriend and girlfriend, uh-huh. and that's who he was probably talking about, etc. And Jerry sits back down on the couch and goes, where were we? And she He's goes, like, I was just leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and Jerry immediately knows. He's like, yep, I yeah, know you were. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right. And she thinks that Jerry did set up the grab, but it was an accident. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we did get some knowledge from it, but it was an accident. But, but there's no saving face for Jerry no, at this point. No. Yeah, she walks out, closes the door. Comes back in yeah. and l- d- delivers l- the line. Mo- most one of the most notable lines. Yeah. I I would fathom to guess. By the way, they're real and they're spectacular. And this line didn't get enough time to sit. Like it, the the laugh got cut off. I'm like, did this, is yeah. this Hulu episode edited? It was like ah, and then it went to the next scene immediately. I was like, man, they could have let that, Jerry could have like stewed in that for a second or two longer, mm-hmm. and it really would have benefited the scene, but it, it cuts especially, immediately. Especially because this is, I, I mean, not like this specific line, but the words real and spectacular, it, this is the second time yeah. this has been brought up in the episode. Yeah. So I, I feel like if it would have been mentioned one more time, it would have been that rule of thirds, right. and it would have gotten such a bigger laugh. Yeah, yeah. But she, they, she did just confirm what Elaine said. They, they mm-hmm. are real and they're spectacular. But by the way, I mean, just going back to we got, I mean, double dip a chip is another iconic Seinfeld moment. Yeah, I and mean, I didn't know it was like this minor of a thing. I thought it was like its own episode. Yeah, no, no, it's just that little Jeez. bit of the, yeah. So I mean, the, this is two big uh, um, catchphrases from Seinfeld lore in one episode yeah. that happened in the same episode. Uh, so we cut. Uh, immediately, there's a smash cut to outside the house in Detroit where you can see silhouettes <laughs> fighting still. And you just hear everyone yelling. Yeah. Betsy is telling George to get out. She never wants to see him again. Uh, the, the family's telling him to leave right there. And that's it. That, it's very quick. Yeah, yeah. And so at the airport, I guess when he gets back, 
George is trying to get the other half of his fare <laughs> refunded. And he said, well, the doctor who was I was going to get it from, um, he lost use of his he, right hand. He, he also, the, the doctor that was tending to my poor, <laughs> pat, uh, my poor late aunt, yeah. uh, also suffered a stroke. And he just, he couldn't give me the Yeah, he couldn't write the death yeah. certificate because he lost the use of his right hand. So he's like, well, I do have this. And it's a grainy Polaroid of him standing next to the coffin, which is closed. So it could just be a coffin in a coffin or whatever. And he is, he looks disheveled. I mean, he looks awful because he's been in a fight. And like, I think he got right on a plane. I mean, when they said get out, he was like, well, where am I going to go? I guess so. He got right on the plane because his tie, he's all, his hair's messed up. He's all bruised and and battered. And that's the way he looks in the picture. But it's just a weird, it's a disturbing, it's almost like a cursed image. Yes. This is a cursed image of George (laughs) standing next to the coffin uh, looking all disheveled. Uh, But of course that it's not good enough. And. And um, we get we do get one more little stand up bit that really wasn't necessary about well it's about I mean the only thing it has in common with the episode is cosmetic procedures yeah and he's like well think you know think about lipo this is literally a fat sucking machine which was new in '93 I mm-hmm. guess I mean the way he's talking about it is like have you heard about this liposuction uh, he was like <laughs> pretty soon it's going to be in the restaurant you're going to order it you're like oh give me this that that crank it up to nine and bring me an extra slice of cheesecake or whatever something um, like that yeah. yeah and so that part wasn't funny but I have a feeling this was another part of a longer Seinfeld bit that I love where he's like where he talks and I think I already talked about it before because we've had a nose job episode so he must have talked about his rhinoplasty jokes he must have done his rhinoplasty jokes you think this was part of it it had to have been yeah yeah yeah, because it all has to do with the same kind of thing and I love that part of the joke that I probably have already brought up now back from season three in that episode where he was like these people haven't been through enough with their nose where we have to call him a damn we have to call him a rhino we have to compare him to a rhino I always loved that that joke, you know. It's like these people have. Oh, and and then he said, uh, you know, it was like, why don't we just call a hair transplant a cue ballectomy? <laughs> um, that's the end of the show <sighs> completely. Man, yeah. All right. Well, what uh, what kind of homework did we have? I I, I want to look up bereavement fares. Yep. For uh, different yeah, airlines see if you in the United get those States. And see what they are. Um. Yeah. And, and see, see what you see need to get them. Exactly. Yeah. See, see yeah. what the requirements are. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to look no, up? No, I think that was it. Maybe more about Salman Rushdie. Let's do a deep Salman Rushdie dive. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll patented. Leave, I'll leave that to you. You're much better at the deep dives. I'm I'm better at you the uh, half ass <laughs> like three minutes before we hit record <laughs> research. Yeah, and you could easily do that. Yeah, like well. I only had time to look up Delta, and they don't do it, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, probably, it's probably not a thing. Uh, yeah, no, I'll figure out what exactly is behind Salman Rushdie hiding out. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this he might pop back up uh, um, in in the Seinfeld universe outside of what I referenced. Oh, really? With, uh, yeah, I feel like he comes back up, but maybe not. All right. Well, did we want to think of a better description? You said you want to come up with like a, a better episode title and just make it, it plural. The I implants. want to call it the implants. We I can do. do that. And yeah. then what, what else is there? Uh, I mean, the, the episode description is very uh, blunt and forward. It's mm-hmm. just Jerry dumps a girlfriend because she has breast implants. I don't How mind about, that. I, I, I like, because there's more to it. Yeah. I do like, how about Jerry? And it ends up not being true. Jerry tries to discover whether or not his girlfriend, his new girlfriend has implants. You think so? I like that. I like that better. It even adds even more mystery. Or what if, if you're looking to add more mystery, Jerry tries to discover if his girlfriend has had plastic surgery. Yeah, I mean it's called the implants, so I feel like you can give it away, but I'm fine with it, I'm fine it, with that too. Could be anything. Could be yeah. cheek implants. Could yeah. be butt implants. Could right. be calf implants. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like Jerry tries to figure out whether his girlfriend 
has, has breast, breast implants. implants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that. And then call it the implants because there's more than one. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just a slight change yeah. there. Yeah. Um, all Easy right. one. Yeah. Well, next episode, we've got season four, episode 19. We're plowing through yeah. season four here. Uh, it is the Junior Mint. Mm, another big episode. Do you know what happens in this one? Yeah, yeah. very briefly. But right. I, I think that happens like in the beginning. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, it? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Or at least in the first third there. The first I've, act. I'll yeah, say. I, I've seen the gif of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, original air date March 18th, 1993, three weeks oh. after this episode. Interesting. Uh, and if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you see... Visitors Kramer and Jerry think they killed a surgery patient. Guest Susan Walters. I don't know who Susan Walters is, but... <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'll have like a three-second cameo. Yeah, exactly. She plays the junior mint in this episode. <laughs> uh, well, I had no idea. She did great. She's like a Ray Park. Like, she's, mo- <laughs> she's all mocap. Like, all right, now I'm spinning like a junior mint. <laughs> or Andy Circus. That's, yeah, another one. She's the Andy Circus <laughs> of pretending to be candy. So that's it. Uh, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.